This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Court documents have now been filed with the U.S. Supreme Court in order to resolve the redistricting issue that's occurred here in the state of Alabama. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall filed the emergency request just before this past weekend. Marshall is asking the Supreme Court to issue a stay on the decision that was made by a three-judge panel out of Birmingham. That recent ruling rejected what the state legislature had passed at the end of 2021 when it comes to congressional districts here in the state. Instead, the judges called for a redrawing of the congressional districts in order to allow for two congressional districts that have more of a majority of black voters. The three-judge panel said the current map violates the Voting Rights Act. Lawyers for Alabama say that redrawing the congressional districts will create districts that are based primarily on race and create chaos for the upcoming 2022 elections. And when it comes to the state and congressional elections, the qualifying dates for the congressional primaries has now been extended into February due to this redistricting issue. Qualifying for all other state races has now come to an end. Here are how the races stand when it comes to who is being challenged and who is not. In the governor's race, there are now 14 people seeking the job. Governor Kay Ivey is running against eight others in the Republican primary. Those challengers are Tim James, Dean Odell, Lindy Blanchard, Lou Burdett, Stacey Lee George, Donald Trent Jones, Dave Thomas, and Dean Young. Five Democrats are running in the primary. Five Democrats are running in the party primary to then run against whoever becomes the Republican nominee. Yolanda Flowers, Patricia Jamison, Arthur Kennedy, Chad Martin, and Malika Fortier. When it comes to the Senate race for the seat that Richard Shelby will be leaving, the Democrats have Will Boyd, Brandon Dean, Lanny Jackson, and Victor Keith Williams running in the party's primary. For Republicans, it's Mo Brooks, Katie Boyd-Britt, Lily Boddy, Carla DePriest, Mike Durant, and Jake Schaefer. Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth has no challengers in his re-election bid. Harry Bartlett has filed to challenge incumbent Steve Marshall, in the Attorney General's race, he's doing so as a Republican. Wendell Major is doing so as a Democrat. And Wes Allen, Christian Horn, Ed Packard, and Jim Ziegler are Republicans running to be the next Secretary of State for Alabama. Pamela Lafitte is seeking that office as a Democrat. And finally, when it comes to state auditors, Stan Cook, Rusty Glover, and Andrew Sorrell are all qualified for that race. Primaries will be coming up on May 24th. A woman in Dothan is charged in the death of an unborn baby. 20-year-old Ivana Turner is now under arrest. She's charged in an altercation with another woman who was pregnant. Investigators say that Turner punched and kicked the pregnant woman in the stomach, causing her to lose that baby. The victim was in her first term of pregnancy. Turner says that is not the full story and that she was attacked by the pregnant woman and another man. Bond for Turner has been set at $500,000. A judge is now involved in a fight over a Confederate monument in the city of Tuskegee. Circuit Judge Stephen Perryman will hold a hearing this coming Thursday. The lawsuit has been filed by Macon County leadership and residents against the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Blacks in Tuskegee are seeking to remove one of those monuments placed in that city. The Daughters of the Confederacy have placed monuments across the South. And after a one-year hiatus, Mardi Gras is back in southern Alabama. Crew de la Dauphine held their first parade this past weekend. 
WALA News was there to hear from the partygoers. I thought it was pretty nice. Everybody was pretty nice to me. They kept throwing these things at me. Just be able to hang out with everybody, having a good time, and you know, enjoying the weather. And absolutely. And the drinks. And the drinks. The beans. <laughs> Got it. Next weekend will be the Dauphin Island People's Parade, and the weekend after that, the Conde Cavaliers take to the streets in Mobile. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news. Last week, President Joe Biden talked about things he'll be looking for as he picks a Supreme Court justice nominee to replace retiring Stephen Breyer. Biden, in particular, pointed out two criteria that he will automatically have in place before he considers anyone as a nominee, and that is whether they're black or a woman. Now, Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz is weighing in on the comments made by Biden, saying it sounds an awful lot like it's unconstitutional. He had said he was going to appoint the first or the first Muslim to the court, that would be unconstitutional because the Constitution, Article 6, specifically provides that no religious test shall ever be required. I think the 14th and 19th Amendments also extend that to no racial or gender tests. Nobody should ever be excluded because they don't fit a racial or gender criteria. There are enormous numbers of qualified black judges and professors who would make great appointees to the Supreme Court. And I would applaud if the president appointed somebody who also fit those criteria. But to announce in advance, no whites, no males need apply, brings us back to the days when the Supreme Court was an exclusively white male institution. After all, it's only had 13 Catholics, eight Jews, three women, and almost all recent it was an exclusive organization for many years, and race wow. and gender should never play a role in the selection process. Dershowitz spoke on Fox News this past Sunday. Also following those statements made by President Biden, ABC News and Ipsos conducted a poll of Americans this past Sunday. What they found out was that a large majority of Americans disapprove of having race and gender be the predominant criteria. The poll published shows that 76% of Americans want Biden to consider all possible nominees. In that poll, 95% of the Republicans want him to consider every qualified person. 54% of Democrats feel the same way. And while they had them on the phone, ABC continued to poll those Americans and found out that 69% of Americans disapprove of Biden's handling of the record inflation and 75% describe the U.S. economy as not good or poor. Videos are now being released for public viewing when it comes to the 2020 election in Georgia. The group called True the Vote has compiled the evidence of ballot box stuffing in that state. True the Vote says they have found a total of 242 ballot harvesters who made over 5,000 trips to ballot drop boxes between the hours of 12 a.m. and 5 a.m. in the days leading up to the 2020 election. David Cross with Voter GA says this first example of ballot box stuffing comes from surveillance footage in Gwinnett County. In that video, a man can be seen fanning out the ballots in his hand and then taking a selfie before he placed the ballots in the box. There are some whistleblowers explaining that reason. They reveal that ballot harvesters were paid $10 per ballot that they placed. So the picture was proof in order to get paid. Well, things have gotten heated up in Canada this winter, politically speaking. Truckers in that country protested the vaccine mandate that was issued by the Canadian government. They did so by forming a convoy that traveled across various provinces and headed to the Canadian capital of Ottawa this past weekend. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau heard about the convoy and headed out of town for the weekend. 
Trudeau claimed he had to go isolate after being exposed to COVID, and he was following the government health rules of isolating for five days. Trudeau labeled the trucker protest as fringe. However, the Canadian Trucker Alliance alone had 12,000 unvaccinated truckers take part in the protest, with tens of thousands of residents showing their support along the convoy route as well as within the city of Ottawa. Now American truckers are looking to do the same. A video was placed on a Facebook page that has 50,000 members who want to resist the vaccine mandate. Brian Vaughn D is a trucker who put out a video from the cab of his truck. Just know that America is next. We've given y'all time. We've given y'all's heads up. And whoever joins it, joins it. And it will start in California, and it will end in D.C., and we're going to stay there just like Canada's doing. Um, We're done with the mandates. We're done with the government telling us what to do. We will continue, and we will follow, just like the rest of the world, on these trucker protests. And they will be 100% legal. The start date for the American convoy has not yet been announced. There's also a large group of federal workers pushing back at the federal vaccine mandate here in the U.S. The group is 6,000 strong now. The pushback started when those working within the State Department challenged the coronavirus vaccine mandate. Marcus Thornton headed up that movement. Thornton entered the State Department after first working as a Border Patrol agent. He's now created the group Feds for Medical Freedom in order to take this battle to the courtroom. Thornton said that normally unions would take on the legal battle for the rights of the employees, but he says those unions have now abandoned their constituency and sided with the employer instead. The actor who played Johnny Fever on a television sitcom in the late 1970s has died at the age of 81. Howard Hessman died at his home in Los Angeles following complications from colon surgery. Hessman played the character of a rock and roll disc jockey on WKRP in Cincinnati, Johnny Fever landed in that city after his radio career spiraled out of control for saying one bad word on the air. That was something that you said. Yeah. Booger. (laughs) What? I used the word booger on the air. That's right. Yeah. I was making about a hundred grand a year out there. Then one day I said booger. Bunch of bozos call the station. Next thing I know, I'm in Amarillo hosting a garden show. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he discusses why one particular state race has so many challengers. There was a poll done in this race, in the governor's race, by a group called Signal. That's C-Y-G-N-A-L. I know the folks that own that company. Very solid. They went from being a state company uh, to now they, they, they are a nationally recognized uh, poll state, uh, polling organization. And for the first time in this past August, so I'm, I'm what, seven months ago? Uh, something like that. For the first time, KIV dropped below 50% in a Signal poll. Now, I happen to know that the folks at Signal have worked for KIV before, so this is not like there, there's no playing favorites here. They're, they're calling balls and strikes. That's what a good polling organization will do. And they're saying that Kay Ivey dropped down to 41%. That's when she began to draw real opposition. People could smell blood in the water. Back then, in August of last year, here's some numbers for you, breaking down Alabama elections. Kay Ivey had 41%. Jim Ziegler, who was not even a candidate in the race then, had 8.8. Tim James, who was not even a candidate in the race then, had 3.5. Dean Odell had 3.1. 
and there was nine percent to other candidates that are you know there's a guy named Stacy George who's also running and another one uh, named Christopher Countryman I believe he's a Democrat anyway and then undecided was thirty three percent. Stop and think about this. KIV had forty one percent. Three candidates who weren't even in the race had between them had fourteen percent. I'm just saying. There's a whole lot of I'm not voting for KIV percentages out there. 24.6% were deciding at that point last August they weren't voting for KIV. And that's when people like Lindy Blanchard began to think of switching over. And that's when Tim James began to think about getting in. And I'm going to tell you right now, a story came out in December of this year that literally says Alabama Governor KIV draws challengers. And it pointed out that the polling was indicating that for the first time, she was considered vulnerable. You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the daily detail and want to get those reports directly to your phone, remember, you can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also send a link to a friend and get them started on these daily reports. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 